Yo, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 12th of September, 2023. How are you? I hope you're good. I hope you're okay, mate. I'm doing all right. I'm back in Melbourne. I'm back. Yeah, man. Yup. I'm back. I'm home, dude. And uh feels like at the moment, the, I, I'm like beginning the process of, you know, setting up uh my life back again i don't know i feel i guess i'm always in this kind of process but i am just thinking about what i'm going to do how i'm going to earn money i got my job back at man with a van oh, i try not to say the names of things because i got fired a few years ago for saying the name of my workplace on my podcast didn't i but whatever um i got my job back there and i started yesterday i did uh did a short day removals it was good (sighs) feels really good to be back working and um just had a nice day didn't really do much to be honest wait let me have a sip of my tea here oh too hot that one far too hot let me turn the volume up yeah look Back at work and uh, I guess just trying to piece together other little bits of work around the main work. And the good thing about doing removals is you just do it and then it's done. There's no take-home work. There's no outside thinking or whatever. So, all right, you know, where am I at? You know what? No, you know what I've been doing? You know what I've been doing the last few days? The main thing that I've been thinking about is I'm on dating apps and I'm swiping and I'm, I downloaded Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, and I've set up profiles on all of them, and I've tried to put, like, funny things, you know? You know what? Maybe I'll put my photos, my dating app profile photos on the... Yeah, that's what I want to do. Dating app profile. You know what? I would love... Let's do this. Dating app pics. Let's... Can you guys go now? Do it now. Pause the pod and go and do it now. Go on to the Instagram, sitting under podcast. Or I mean, I know if you can't do it now, if you're like, I don't know, riding your bike or fucking in the middle of some kind of getaway or something and you... <laughs> Would this be a good podcast to listen to if you just robbed a bank? <laughs> you know, because like I listen to podcasts when I'm riding my bike, so I can't stop the podcast and go on Instagram or whatever. Oh. I know a lot of other people don't ride their bike, but like, <laughs> what's the highest pressure situation wh- that you could be in, but still be listening to <laughs> me go like, so lock on back at work and <laughs> like, I listen when I'm riding my bike, but then, it, and like, if I'm cooking, you know, but if I'm doing something a bit more intense, like if I'm sending an email or doing something serious that I have to focus on, I've got to switch the podcast off. Would a podcast be a calming thing to listen to if you just robbed a bank? Do you know what I found out when I was in Austria, seeing my biological dad, talking to his other son, my half-brother? I don't know how much you guys, if you're listening, if you've watched my special or whatever, but so I'll, but... In my special, I talk about how he robbed a bank and he was in jail. When I first made contact with him in 2015, he was in jail for robbing a bank. I thought that he had just robbed one bank. I found out from my fucking 
half-brother. He did it three times. He robbed three banks because he tried to open this Colombian restaurant in Vienna, got in debt with some dodgy people from the Russian mafia. They threatened him. And so he robbed a bank, not once, not twice, but thrice. <clears throat> and the first two times, what was it? It was like the first two times was the money that he needed to pay off. And then the third time he just did it another time or something. But then he turned himself in. So he was so good. He fucking did it really well. <laughs> this is what I found out from my half brother is that he put like bigger shoes to make himself taller and had a whole thing and something over his head and Ooh, oh my god oh I'm so sorry he um at one point he had he was like going away from the bank to I don't know wherever what was it he basically ran into the police that were looking for him and he pulled over and asked them what was going on and they said they were looking for a man who had just robbed two banks and they gave him the description and he was tall and white and like thin, like like well, you know, well built or whatever. And he is a short, fat, <laughs> brown man. <laughs> So they were so far off the tra- like off of his trail, they were never going to catch him because he did a really good job of disguising himself. And he went in and he just said, hey, can I have the money? And apparently they have to give you the money, even if you're not threatening them or whatever. If you just go into the bank and say, hey, I'm robbing the bank, give me the money. They just, it's like the rule is that they just have to give it to you because it's for their safety or whatever. And so apparently he went in and was like, hey, I'm robbing the bank and also I'm really sorry, but please give me the money and like apologized and was very kind and whatever. And uh, and they did. And then when he got, like he turned himself into the police and then when he went to trial, one of the bank tellers gave evidence and said that he was really kind and very gentlemanly and uh, and they called him like a gentleman but or like a good mannered bank robber or something like that and that's why he got such a short sentence and only did i think it was four years in minimum security and then got bailed out and just how fucking funny is that anyway so um could you guys go on (laughs) fuck that's what i was talking about could you go on instagram i'm on a post oh shut up (laughs) Uh, I'm going to post the photos from my Hinge profile and um, could you either do one of two things, either give me tips on how I could improve it or just give me some positive, you know, like, hey, mate, (laughs) you're going to be okay because like, fuck, online dating sucks. Yeah, I'm more and more of the opinion that it actually does suck. Um, but I want to meet someone. I would like that. I'm, I'm ready. I feel like I'm ready. So I'm going to put up the, I'll, I'll use my hinge profile. Cause I feel like that's the one that's actually led to a relationship for me in the past. So I'm going to use that and, um, I'll put my six photos up and I'll put my little prompts and answers. Yeah. I don't know. I just fucking, 
Oh God, it's so. I'll put. I'll put Hinge and Bumble. Maybe I'll just put Hinge, or maybe I'll just put Bumble. What did I put on Bumble? I was pretty happy with this on my profile here. I put. I put uh, conceived in Colombia, born and raised in Adelaide, calling Melbourne home since 2012. I'm looking for someone to be excited about life with who doesn't mind walking an extra 10 minutes to get the really nice coffee. I feel like that's pretty good. It's kind of heartfelt, nice or whatever. I've got good photos. I don't know, man. I haven't got... I've got two matches on Bumble. One of them didn't write and one of them hasn't written yet. On Hinge, I've had zero matches do I have any likes even? I don't even have any likes. So like, wait. Oh yeah, I matched with someone and now it's their turn to talk. So yeah, fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, but also I only got back to Melbourne in September. So in September, fuck on Saturday. I'm not fucking focused. I'm so sorry. Get my fucking phone away from me. Ah, dating apps are stressful and shit. Is what I'm trying to say. But I got back on Saturday. And so it's not even like, it's not even like I've been here that long or really have that much to complain about. But I guess I just went, I've, I've been saying to myself the whole time I've been away that when I get back to Melbourne, I'm going to get on the dating apps. And what I meant when I said that to myself was I'm going to get back to Melbourne and instantly have a girlfriend. <laughs> I think that's what really I was expecting. <laughs> and I got back on Saturday and it's fucking Tuesday. Where is she? <laughs> Where are you? Oh, God. Yeah, man. The flight was nice. I flew on Thursday. You know, Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris is the fucking sickest airport. They have PlayStation 5s there set up, which isn't my thing. But they also have just like heaps of ports and nice design. Like furniture is like, it's like nice furniture. It's like, it looks, I don't know. It's kind of like Art Deco-ish. There's a nice brown color scheme to it all. And they also have a fucking beautiful grand piano in the terminal just waiting for someone to play it. And so I played and then a guy, you know what? I think actually that might've been, I'm, I'm going to try and get in the habit of saying the nicest thing, the nicest moment from my last week. And I think the nicest moment from the last week has been in Charles de Gaulle airport waiting for my flight. I, I flew from Vienna to Charles de Gaulle and then had five hours there. Four or five hours, something like that. And then from Charles de Gaulle to Zhenjing, I think, somewhere in China and had an eight-hour layover there and then flew back to Melbourne. All in, something like 35 hours. But the Charles de Gaulle layover, they had this grand piano and I went and I played a bit and that was nice. And then there was another guy and he started playing. And the highlight, I think the best that I've felt all week was just watching this guy play the piano. And like, it's really just such a wonderful thing to watch someone play an instrument. And like not perform. Or maybe perform, but he wasn't performing. And I wasn't performing either. It, was, it wasn't a performance. It was just... Just watching someone play. Yeah. 
and he played some songs and I could hear, you know, the words, like the, it was like pop songs. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this, man. Uh, I, first of all, I played Gravity. I looked up the chords to Gravity by John Mayer, which I am just obsessed with at the moment. God, it's such a funky song. You know what? I'm going to put that song at the end of the pod this week. Gravity. Gravity. End. I want to put that at the end of the pod because it's a great song. I was listening to that all the way home. Just was stuck in my head. Beautiful song. So jazzy. The thing about playing pop songs and just getting the chord progressions is you can play the chords but it's a whole other thing to actually play the song like in any kind of in the way that they play it because the chords are so simple i think it's just c and g and then like a few other little bits in the bridge and the chorus but it's really just c and g but it's just so funky and to play that and like that with two hands on piano and to do something with the left hand to make the beat really stand out. It's just, it's a whole different thing. So I was trying to play that and then he recognized it and then I let him go on and he was playing some stuff. I can't remember. And then, uh, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to sing. And so I went on and played waiting in vain, which is my favorite Bob Marley song and sang and i sang my fucking heart out in the terminal and you know what a bunch of people clapped and it was really nice and then it was everyone who was boarding the flight because it was at the gate so it was like a lot of people who were boarding the flight to china and then even some people from china to like when i got to china i got out and one guy was like oh you're looking for another piano to play and i was like oh that's nice and then when i got to melbourne I got chatting with this uh, French guy who came with, uh, he'd flown with a mountain bike and he told me, oh my God, this guy had just ridden a bicycle from, I think from France, I think from Paris down to like the Middle East and then he couldn't get through Tajikistan. So he went to Mongolia, I think, flew to Mongolia and then rode the bike through Mongolia and then down into Asia and then had flown. (sighs) had to fly back to Paris because he lost his part. That's right. Yeah. He lost his passport in Bali. So he had to fly back to Paris and then flow from Paris back to Melbourne. And he was going to ride his bike in Australia for a year or nine months or something like that from Melbourne all the way up to Cairns. Just the coolest guy. What a great, you know, what a, what a fantastic thing to be doing. And he showed me the map of everywhere that he'd ridden and it was so cool. And then he was like, dude, I saw you play piano in Charles de Gaulle Airport. And I was like, fuck, man. That's cool. People saw. But that wasn't the best moment for me. The best moment was watching the other guy play. And there's just, there really is something beautiful about watching someone play and not quite perform, but still just play beautifully. It's a really special thing to watch someone play music. And um, yesterday I had my first piano lesson since I reckon I had a few after my 18th birthday, but we could pretty comfortably, I reckon, say 15 years since I took piano lessons. And I, uh, I looked up Melbourne piano lessons and found a piano school that has teachers and I found a guy and I went to his house and we did 
almost an hour of lessons. I told him what I want to get out of it. We played a bit. He complimented me on my playing, which was so nice, really. He said I was very musical, and that was wonderful. Oh, that felt so nice. And he gave me some things to work on with the piece with Chopin's Nocturne and E-flat major. I told him I'm writing the show. And uh, then he kind of gave me some other ideas for things that we could do. Maybe learn a new piece. Maybe do a bit of jazz. Who knows? Some exercises to work on. Just things to kind of expand, you know, my thinking around the piano and the possibilities and what I can do with it. So I'm very excited about that. He was really cool. Um, Older guy. Piano's his life. He teaches just to teach. And um, yeah, I'm very excited about that. So there's heaps of stuff to be excited about. But really, I just want to fucking date, man. I just want to go on some dates. I just want to meet. I just, fuck, man. I miss being in a relationship. I miss having someone. I want someone to share my life with. But much like doing comedy, you got to have the rest of your life in place, I think. Like... I'm learning that I can't just do comedy and have no life and have my whole life be just doing comedy. It's no good because you just end up talking about nothing. And in much the same way, if I want to meet someone who I'm excited about, the kind of person that I want to meet, who's inspiring and inspired and exciting about excited about life and all this stuff, I can't just make my life about dating. It's not, you know, I don't want to be that person. Ugh, yuck. So, um, man, I think I'm on to, uh, I met someone last night who's an actor at a, man, I've done a couple of shows since I got back. I did a fucking horrific, <laughs> I did a terrible, terrible bomb on Sunday night at Sloth Bar in Footscray. I just went, I told that fucking story. You know what I did? I still haven't had the balls to tell this joke on stage. I told that story about, um... Uh, what do you call it about um, Roman Polanski's kid and meeting him at the show. And here's a joke that I've written that is very long and I don't even know if it's a good joke, but I think it's funny. Roman Polanski, after I was at his house and, you know, met his son, I looked up his life because I wanted to get, know exactly who this guy was. And I found out he directed Chinatown and The Pianist amongst many other movies, multiple Academy Award winner. Also, um, was uh, allegedly had sex with a 13-year-old girl in the 70s in America and has was like wanted by the police there to stand trial for that, but he fled America and so has never stood trial for it. Uh, also is a Polish Jew and was born in Poland in the 1930s and survived the Holocaust and a concentration camp. Also, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there's a like a famous director and his wife who get murdered by the Manson family. And that was Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski in 1969, his wife who was pregnant with this, with their child was murdered by the Manson family. So what a life, right? And, uh, I think about that and I think about, I don't know if you guys have read the book, a farewell to arms by, um, by Ernest Hemingway. If you haven't read it, I'm going to spoil it right now, but you're not going to read it, to be honest, especially because Hemingway lately, not really kind of, you know, popular with most people who read are the kind of people who are like Hemingway hates women. And you know what? He does hate women, but 
<laughs> Evidently, that's not enough of a problem. I don't know if he hates women, but he definitely is not, not great with women. Anyway, fuck, that's, I'm getting off track. <laughs> um, I, why do I get bogged down in that kind of shit? I'm not here to defend Ernest Hemingway. But he wrote a beautiful book. Um, and it's very like, you know, the writing is beautiful and the book is about a couple, an American man and an Italian woman. She's a nurse and he's a soldier in World War One, and they meet. And then the book is about them kind of struggling to flee the war and be together and find a way to start a life together. And the end of the book, they get to Switzerland, neutral Switzerland, and she's pregnant and they go to the hospital and like the last page and a half of the book you're so happy for them and it's been you know you really care about the characters and you care about their love and the life that they're building together and it feels like they've done it and they've gotten to safety and they're about to start their life and the child's going to be born and they go to the hospital and she's in labor and she gives birth and the child is stillborn so it's dead and he sees that and then he goes into the other room and his wife, or no, this, and it's not his wife, but it's like the lady, she dies as well. And the end of the book is, he goes, uh, I, I went outside the hospital and walked back to the hotel in the rain. That's the last sentence of the book. And I just remember reading that and thinking, man, like, what does this guy do now? Like, this person has been through just the most horrific, you know, war and struggle and death and seen people who he loves die. And he's met this woman and they've fought so hard for a life together. And just as it feels like they're out of the struggle and they're about to start this, you know, new part of their life, it's all taken away from him. And if you're that person, the book left me with this question, what do you do? in that moment when you thought you had it and it was all just gone. And, you know, cause like, what do you do? And that, like, do you go and get some food? Do you go to sleep? Like, what do you do? And after reading about the life of Roma Polanski, I realized that one answer to that question may be that what that man does is have sex with a 13 year old. <laughs> is that funny? <laughs> I just couldn't believe the parallels between that book, you know. He went through war and then he met this lady and they were going to have a kid and then she died versus Roman Polanski. He went through war, met this lady, they were going to have a kid and then she died. And the next notable thing in his life is he has sex with a 13-year-old girl. Allegedly, allegedly. It was never tested in court. <laughs> Isn't that fucking wild? I just think that's really funny. But anyway, I went to say it at Sloth Bar on Sunday. And as soon as I said, believe it or not, guys, as soon as I said he's allegedly had sex with a 13 year old girl, the audience really pulled back. <laughs> and I didn't, I was too scared to say the rest of it. And so I just went on with the story and the rest of the story bombed until the point when I was like, okay, guys, I noticed that as soon as I said that thing about how he had sex with a child, you really it bummed you out. And everyone was like, yup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Ah, oh, man. I just, I got to say it on stage. I feel like there might be something there, but I'm not going to do a gig tonight and the rest of the week I'm at the Comics Lounge, so I'm not going to try it there. So I guess that bit's not getting a run out until maybe Friday. I think Friday I've got a, yeah, Friday I'm doing uh, an open mic. So I'll do it there. Yeah, great. I bombed at Sloth Bar. Fuck, that was brutal. And then last night, after my piano lesson, I did a gig at Kent Street, which was very quiet. But I met someone who, uh, a comic from the States, also an actor. And we were talking about acting because I've got an acting agent now who's trying to put me out for various things. And um, talked about, uh, I guess, just the process of going for auditions and how I could get someone to coach me through an audition and um, that was kind of cool just to talk to someone else who's like been in the business and who's very experienced and whatever because I would like to try acting but I just feel like I don't really know I don't have an entry point into it or know how to approach it so that was cool to meet that person yeah I'm, I'm feeling good man I've got a few things all right I'm trying acting that'll be something that's fun it'd be nice to make some money from it but if I don't whatever but I'm trying acting I'm also trying Learning the piano. I think tonight I'm going to go and see the Barbie movie at the cinemas. I'm not going to do a gig. Fuck it. I don't need to do a gig, you know. I'm going to go see the Barbie movie. But also, for the rest of the day today, after I do this podcast, I'm going to cook some food. I'm going to... It's like midday. It's 1.15pm. I want to cook some food, cook lunch. Um, and then I'm going to go and plan my set. Yup for the rest of the week because I've got 15 minute sets at the comics lounge and I want it to be really good I want to fucking rip these goddamn sets man I'm telling you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday 15 minutes each time in front of 500 people I'm going to fucking tear this shit apart I'm also going to go and guess what I'm going to do I'm going to go and print some bits of paper with a QR code for my website on so people can get sent to my website and watch my shit and actually, fuck yeah, today I want to go print those and then tomorrow I'm going to fix up my website and get it all ready for people to land on it and see my shit because this is an opportunity to perform in front of close to 2,000 people over the next four days and I want to have great sets and then have those people see my shit. Today I'm also going to go to um the bar in melbourne where i want to have my trial shows and i'm going to talk to the guy who owns it who's a mate of mine and i'm going to fucking book in these shows because that's the other thing that i need to do is make sure that i am actually working on the new show and giving myself opportunities to test that show and to put new stuff in it and all this fucking stuff and if i do all of that and focus on it enough maybe a woman will appear in my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's what i want really i just want love and i want to be loved Ugh, yuck oh my god so sincere aiden for fuck's sake i'm a mess am i a mess i thought i was all together i thought i was all good i might be a complete fucking mess right now <sighs> <clears throat> Wednesday night, last night in um, Vienna, I booked tickets to... I just... I'd been trying for like two weeks to go and see some classical music. Oh, man, the guy who I think is going to be my piano teacher, I think I'm going to get lessons every two weeks. I want to do it. Um, 
the guy who's going to be my teacher, he uh, has this venue in Melbourne where they do like experimental classical or like, you know, just like experimental music. Um, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go check that out. That'd be really cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the Wednesday night in Vienna, I'd, I'd been trying for two weeks to go and see some classical. I tried on, in Paris and I bought me and my friend tickets, but then she couldn't go, so I got a refund. And then Wednesday, I found a show to go to. It wasn't piano like I wanted, but it was like Mozart at this one place. And I met a cool person. I met a, a, a yeah, just like a cool new friend at this show that I did on Tuesday night. By the way, I can't believe last... I've been thinking about that last week. I can't believe I said I went and saw a sex worker. I'm actually so embarrassed that I said that on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think I should have said that. And I want to try and avoid saying shit like that in the future, I reckon. I just don't like... It's a bit too personal, I think. I don't know. I like to be accountable, but I don't know if that's what you guys want to hear. You know? Do you really want to know that? I don't think you need to know that about me. There's some things that are just best kept to yourself, I reckon. Um, anyway, I met a cool person at that show and, uh, she, I, I like messaged her cause she added me on Instagram and I messaged her and I was like, Hey, do you want to come and see a show with me? And she didn't get back to me in time, but I was waiting all day. And then eventually when I finally booked the tickets, I was like, okay, I was waiting to see if like I could use my refund to book two tickets for me and her. Thank God I didn't because... When I uh, <laughs> I booked a ticket, when I, I was like, okay, it's too late. She's not going to reply. So I just booked a ticket for myself. And then I went to where it was supposed to be and there was no one there. And I was half an hour early, but I was just walking around the place for ages looking for anyone to tell me where I needed to go. And I went into this like, it's like the beautiful palace that was the Habsburgs house in Vienna in the center of the city. Palatial, incredible area. And I go into this building and I talk to the two people that are at reception. It's nighttime. It's crazy that there's anyone at reception even because the building seems closed. But I talk to the two people at reception. I'm like angry. Where the fuck is this thing that I'm supposed to be at? And she finally looks at my ticket and she's like, oh, this isn't for tonight. And I'm like, oh God. And I thought that it was for last week. So I was all like, why would they sell me a ticket for last week? That's fucked. And then I left. I finally realized it was for next week. I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> so I just went to a place that also had uh, a concert on and I just bought a ticket for whatever. And it was a string quartet. They were playing Mozart. They played some Schubert. They played some uh, Haydn and Bach and Beethoven. And it was really beautiful, but I was also angry at the, myself. I was angry at myself for buying tickets to the wrong show. Oh, man, you should have seen me. I was running around for half an hour trying to find where it was, just getting angrier and angrier, going, why is there no fucking people in this fucking city anywhere? It's all dark. I can't see anything. It's because the show was next week that I bought tickets for. <laughs> just infuriating. There was a night. This is it, right? Okay. I was talking about how nice it is to watch someone play music. When I went and saw that classical music, it wasn't as nice as watching that guy play piano in Charles de Gaulle Airport. And obviously those four musicians, really incredibly high level musicians playing music together is better, but it wasn't as nice. What about it wasn't as nice? I, I can't put my finger on it. 
something about the fact that we were all organized to be there and we're paid to be there and watch them. It's not sublime in the same way as just watching a random person walk up to a piano in an airport and play to the best of their ability. Even though we were in, I mean, we were in this beautiful church in the middle of Vienna with incredible decorations and, you know, gold. I don't know if it's actual gold, but like painted stuff and images of the Christ and the cross and this ornate church. And Vienna is just so ornate. Everything is just, you know, you can tell it was just built by these rich people 200 years ago to be like, check out how rich we are. And uh, we're sitting in this church and then there's these four musicians and they're playing beautifully together. At some points when they played, I've never really understood. I don't, you know, the strings, I don't quite get fired up by it. But at some points while they were playing, it did feel like they were one voice, which was incredible. Like these four instruments and four different people playing them, but the music kind of combined together it felt like it was just one voice and it felt almost it, it felt like voices like actual human voices singing you could kind of hear it was like one voice together it was really beautiful at, in moments not for the whole time but there were moments where it was it was sublime in the same way that watching that guy play in the airport was but i don't know man there's just something really special about someone who is not there specifically to play, just playing for you. <sighs> that was nice though. I'm going to go try and see more shit. I'm going to go. I'm 100% going to watch the Barbie movie tonight. Absolutely. And uh, sometime this week, I'm going to have dinner with my friend Ivana Estigueta and then I'm going to go and do one of the support slots for him at the Comics Lounge. If you're in Melbourne, by the way, this week and want to see me do comedy, come to the Comics Lounge because I'm performing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And the shows are going to be great because Ivan's headlining and he's fucking awesome. And I don't know who else is on the show, but I reckon it'll be a bunch of acts from Buckstock who have great acts. So I'd say they're going to be really good shows. <sighs> All right, man. Well, look, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at this week. Um, I also, on the flight, played Civilization. I re-downloaded Civilization 6 in Charles de Gaulle Airport, played a whole game, won a game on the hardest difficulty with a new Civilization, and then uninstalled it on the flight from China to Australia once I'd finished that because I will not have that finding its way back into my life. <laughs> but I played for about 16 hours <laughs> on the flight, and I'm not going to lie, I fucking loved it. It was sick and it felt so good to win that game. Oh, baby, did that feel good. Oh, yeah. It was a hard-fought win, but I did it. I won. I beat those fucking dogs. <sighs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you're still listening and if you are on Instagram and if you have a moment now, go on Instagram and check out my dating app photos. Oh, what's the photo from this week going to be? You know what? I think... Let me grab my phone again after I threw it away before. Um, the title of the podcast this week is Dating Apps. And, oh, you know what? You know what? And one... Uh, actually, this is funny. I'm not going to, like, put this on my main 
No, you know what? Maybe I will. I, I just, there was an insane thing. I saw an insane person on dating apps the other day. <laughs> oh, maybe I should have this. Maybe I should have this on my dating profile. Fuck. Yeah, maybe I should. Um, so I've fucking found. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was just thinking in my head then. I think I am actually going to put this picture on my dating profile and because I reckon that'll be funny. So someone on Hinge the other day, their prompt was, you should not go out with me if, and their reply to it was, you do any type of drugs like weed, brackets, prescription meds, not included in bracket, and then a line break, and then all caps, also do not message me if you're going to fucking abuse me due to my answers on my bio, as I will report you, I'm over fucking guys abusing me on here, so just stop. (laughs) wow and like that's the thing dude i i really feel that sometimes like part of going on dating apps is just getting so fed up with like putting yourself out there and just the like the silence you know and just that feeling of rejection of like why is no one messaging me or talking to me or like, I'm sure as a woman, probably too many guys are messaging you and talking to you. And like, sometimes I see something on like a woman's profile that just makes me go like, for fuck's sake, can you just be better? You know, like something just that I see that makes me angry or annoyed or whatever it is. And um, so I really understand the sentiment that she's putting out there by writing this, but also you can't be writing that. (laughs) Like you can't, you can't present that to people because there's no way that any normal person is ever going to match with you after you've written that. Um, (laughs) And it's also like, I know I've just read it out to you guys, but it's why it's even better to see how she's written it. Cause like she's put you with like the letter U she's left G's off of the end of fucking and abusing. Like you can really see the kind of person that this is from the way that she's written it all. Um, And you know what? I think I've just realized that if I want to put a bit of who I actually am out there, I need to put that screenshot on my dating profile with some kind of like, hey, you know, I want to get off this dating app because I saw someone write this and sometimes I agree with it and it's this is how dating apps make me feel. Anyway, fucking whatever. The podcast this week is called Dating Apps. The photo for this week is not going to be that. The photo for this week is going to be a picture of that guy at Charles de Gaulle Airport playing the piano yes it is because i took a picture of him as the sunset with the sun beaming through the big windows <sighs> thank you guys very much for listening to the podcast this week and every week and uh for being here with me every week as i navigate my life i hope you guys are navigating yours well this has been aiden jones sitting under a tree peace gravity against me and gravity wants to bring me down oh I'll never know what makes this man with all the love that his heart can stand
dream of ways to throw it all away. Whoa, whoa, gravity is working against me. Send me to my knees. 